in three, two, one, action. You well, can start now. It's live. <laughs> Do you know, I feel like every week now there's a countdown, but we've by the time he starts counting, we've already started. Oh like, and I, I'm aware of that too. So anyway, thanks so much for joining us. If if you're just tuning in, uh, we just started. Uh, this is Overtime. It's our weekly production, our weekly podcast where we get to do a little bit deeper dive of the weekend messages. Um, we started a brand new series this week, God With Us. Pretty excited to talk to you about that. This is, as we're recording this, this is November 24th. We're about two days from Thanksgiving. So we do, just as an entire staff, we want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this live or during this week, or if it's after Thanksgiving and you're listening to this, thanks for tuning in. We hope that you had a happy Thanksgiving. So um, do want to bring your attention to the yeah, brand new series. Oh, sorry, guys. We are live. You sound good. Oh, we do sound good. So. Yeah. We also are doing something where we have our church online platform where if you would like to and you're watching this live, you can interact with us by going to clcfamily.church slash live and you'll click the watch live tab and then you'll be able to interact with us if you're interested. Maybe if we have time, we can. We'll even get to the questions. So that's yeah, kind of what we're excited there. for. Or you can just go to clcfamily.online.church. Yep. That's where we're always going to be. So come join us. It'd be nice. Yeah. Say hello. We're, we got it right here next to us. We're still in kind of beta, so we're still figuring it out. So if I'm not doing a great job of interacting and Not listening. like beta and the mean fish. Yeah. None no. of those mean fish. No, that not mean fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have to be separate. Otherwise, they kill They're nice one another. Fish. Yeah. We're, we're still working out all of the little bugs. How's that? Um yeah, so want to just say if you if you're looking for a place to be on Sunday morning, whether that's online or in person or our drive-in service, we would love to have you be a part of what we're doing in this brand new series. Pretty exciting series, like I said, we started brand new this weekend. We're going to be continuing it. I don't want to give away. I know that you were talking about what we're going to be discussing a little bit in staff. What we'll be talking about this fun. Sunday. But it's a lot of fun. We're kind of jumping around the timeline a little bit, kind of before Jesus came, after Jesus came, while He was here, like. So it's a pretty cool series so far. We would hope that you would want to be part of it and join us. So you can do that again online, in person, or in our drive-in. So that's kind of all the announcements I think that we have. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Tune in, interact, and uh, yeah, see you on Sunday, hopefully. Uh, do you want to give us kind of a recap of the series that we just started? Yeah, so story, uh, a series called God With Us. It means God gives us his presence. That's why we thought about calling it Christmas Presents. You, you know this, I know this. This is a rough week for that, right? Um, Thanksgiving and Christmas are typically rough weeks uh, for for this kind of idea. Uh, for those of us who have uh, lost loved ones um, yeah. the last year, you know, like uh, so, this might be your first Thanksgiving without, um, you know, your mom or dad or your sibling or your child, and you know the pain of that because what's happened on this. This week is you're going the person who always had their presence. I'm not going to have their presence yeah. this this year. Many of you, if not most, have made some really complicated adjustments in your schedule and that decided to scale back Thanksgiving from 20 to 2. Mm. And you're feeling the real weight of all of this because, because what well, we know these holidays are not ever about presents, you know, open up a present, but about presents, bringing yourself present with other people and there's a reason for that and the reason for that the reason you long for that is because it is innate and hardwired into your dna right and it goes all the way back to the beginning of humanity where god created adam looked at him and in all of the awe of the kind of the precipice of his creation and says something so crazy he says it's not good 
for man to be alone. And yet here he is with his presence and he's still acknowledging that it's not good. And that's where he, you know, uh, pulls out a rib from Adam, puts him to sleep and creates a, a, a female, a woman. And then he makes a declaration that it's good. In other words, that there is something hardwired in us that longs to have connection to humans and by the way, to God. So it's a both and. And what we're going to see and have seen and will continue to see is that some of the greatest pain in our world is because of a lack of presence, because of a lack of having people around us, right? And in fact, one of the, the, some of the most interesting research that we're seeing that, you know, as it relates to sobriety is um, around this idea. In fact, the, uh, they're, they're discovering that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is actually connection. Mm. That there's something about connection. Why well, you would you would understand this if you've struggled with, uh, you know, addiction? Because the most of that you do in isolation, right? And so there's just something deep and meaningful about presence, about having people around you. But that all originates with the in the garden. It all originates with God offering Himself, His presence to His people. And so in the beginning, Genesis chapter two and three, what you see is God walked in the garden in the cool of the night. Right in the beginning, the whole goal of all humanity that God spoke into existence would be that we would be with Him forever. So we have this perfect understanding. So we got to go back to that. And go well. That was that was what it was. That was what God longed for. That's what we longed for. And here we have it. And all of a sudden, it just seems like that is so absent. And so we got to go. Well, does that mean we're just gonna struggle the rest of our life? Does that mean we're just gonna live in pain and sorrow and? try to accommodate this gap or hole in our life with trinkets that aren't going to fix it? And the answer to that is no. And the reason is no is because God actually reconciles all that by bringing his presence back to us in like a real and tangible way. Like The greatest story ever told, the greatest miracle that ever happened was that God put on a body hmm. and became a human. And so Jesus literally steps onto our timeline and says, here I am. Emmanuel, God, is with us. And so for the next uh, five weeks, we're just going to keep looking at what Jesus came to do and bringing his presence. And what I shared this past Sunday, a little bit on the vision video last week, is we're so quick to talk about the, the pageantry of the birth. Jesus is born. There's wise men. There's angels. There's donkeys. There's manger. There's barns. You know, all these kind of things. And we're real quick to talk about that. And then we're real quick to jump ahead to the Easter story, which is Jesus died for you, pray the prayer, go to heaven, Right. But what we actually see between the birth and the death, those 30, 33 years, is we actually see what it tangibly looks like to receive God's presence in the form of yeah. Jesus as the Emmanuel. And we get to see what our response to that presence is going to be, what we do once we receive God's presence, right? The whole goal of the gospel is you and I would be with him forever, but not that we would just be with him forever, but we would get to invite our family and friends and coworkers and neighbors also to enjoy that forever. And if you're a grandparent right now, there's probably not a greater prayer in your life than that you are even a parent, that your children would know the story of the gospel and respond to it, that your grandchildren would receive this. Why? Because you long to have not just Jesus' presence, but your people's presence with you for all eternity. So how do we go about doing that? How do we receive it? And then how do we share it? And that's what we're going to go back and forth. How do we receive God's presence? How do we accept God's presence? And then how do we go and participate in bringing God's presence with us everywhere we go? So week one, we found ourselves with a man 
who really needed some supernatural intervention. He was a leper. And he comes to Jesus, comes into his presence, and makes this crazy statement that I am unclean. He is unclean. And we could probably get into more about what the, what the leper's experience is like. And he says to Jesus, if you are willing, um, I know you can cleanse me. And Jesus makes this really, really important proclamation. He says, I'm willing. Mm. And then he touches him. He literally brings his physical touch and physical presence to this leper and everything changes for him. And by proxy, we can see how everything can change for us because the big aha of the story is that, wow, that was really kind of Jesus to do this for the leper. The big story is he's just as kind to you and I, and we are wondering if he's willing. And the story of the gospel, the story of the God being with us is he was willing. And how do we know he's willing? Because well, he proved it. He proved it by... Uh, making promises in the Old Testament, writing his story from the beginning of time, and then being the underwriter of all the promises and being the fulfillment of those promises when he shows up on this earth and pays the price and then shows us how to get from here to there, which is out of this broken life into all that God has for us. And he then offers us that pathway, which is him and his spirit and his power. And so he invites us to go and enjoy him forever. And here's the greatest part of that this Christmas season is that it doesn't start when you die. That's available to you right now. If you're like me, and that's hard to believe or fathom or grasp, it's like, could we just consider that maybe that's true this Christmas season and then consider what it means for us? And then, what, uh, in terms of how we receive and experience God, and then for us as we respond this Christmas season to those around us. So, it's going to take us a few weeks to get around the barn, but definitely worth your time. Yeah. And so, today, one of the things as you as you open up the series, uh, I just thought it was so good the way that you said it, you know, because things do look so different this year with COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Like even with the governor well, a couple weeks ago or uh, maybe Again, not yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday, yesterday there was another announcement. So just just kind of changing plans. And I thought the point well, by that, that made, the governor of Pennsylvania, yes. we know some of you are from Maryland and your governor Hogan said something last week, but obviously Ben doesn't consider you. We're not paying a, attention as a, to that. as a real human. I'm no. sorry for that. <laughs> Jesus loves you. I love you. I'm just going to put my thoughts here in the chat where he can't see it. So, no. Um, yeah, so with the governor's kind of announcement, it's kind of going, well, what does that look like? I know that a lot of families are wrestling with that of going, what should we do? We, we know what we want to do, but is that wise and is that safe? And maybe we should change that. So I just thought it was a really... I thought it was a clever point to kind of tie in that it's like the whole reason why Je Jesus came to this earth is because he desired the same thing we do is presence. And then you said that Jesus was the fulfillment of that presence, that longing. And so what, what you did is as you started, and if you haven't, again, uh, we always encourage you to watch the message first. This is kind of a continuation of that. So if you haven't yet, you know, seen that, I would encourage you yeah, to go watch this. it. At least fast forward to the yeah. end. So you see the big crescendo deflate. <laughs> We'll get to that in a second, but uh, well, in a few moments, maybe not a second, but the, the timeline. So set up the timeline, the idea that you have. And even in this series, like we've even alluded to it, that we're going to be jumping back and forth. Like what, why the timeline in that sense, maybe this week and for the series as a whole? Yeah. So uh, kind of um, similar to like, this is us. I don't know if you watch the, the show. There's a, there's no, a big movement of women in emotional. our church who are watching every week and crying together and Oh my goodness, it's so dramatic. I just started asking my wife, like, do they die this week? Yeah. Like, do yeah. they die this week? They do, week? but then they come back to life because they go back to the past and like, what? You know, and so and it's all about a crock pot. 
of all things. So devastating. Anyway, I'm so confused by that. Fire starts because this, you know, crock pot catches. Anyway, uh, so similar aware of it. Sorry, we just going. I'm gonna go watch this now. I just ruined it for you. That's what the 1980s crock pots do to your life. Stay away from those. But we got those instant cookers now. We got all instant of those things. Um, but anyway, uh, so. The reason I don't like them, and you can go listen to why I don't like them, and I'm right on this, but they're so complex trying to keep up with the storyline. And so it's like, just give me the episode of all things that just resolve, start to finish. Bad guy gets caught, life gets back to normal. Every week, I just want that, right? And if you want to shoot some people, I'll watch that as well, right? Like, just that that kind of thing. And so that's what I like. But, I mean, there's a reason that these type of shows... Uh, um, people have an affinity to, and it's because of the nuance and the character development you get right, right. when you work through that, right? As if humans are more nuanced than 50 minutes of a period right. of time in people's life. So it's not shock. Like as if all of our experiences and all of our parents' experiences and all of our grandparents' experiences and decisions somehow affect the here and now. So there are people that kind of understand that and have develop shows that give you more of the rich character development. Some of you like that stuff, right? And uh, kind of the, the rich nuance of a, of, a, of a more intriguing and holistic story. Right. Yeah. Which, there's only really one story out there. I, like, so we, have, we can work through all the other stories, but the story is that there is this God who loved people mm-hmm. so much that he was... Willing to do whatever it was take, whatever it would take to reconcile himself as his perfect father back with his children for now and for all eternity. That's the the whole story of humanity, right? God created us, we messed it up. He buys us back through his son Jesus, steps on the planet, and then invites us into the story of the restoration until one day everything will be all consummated and perfect, right? That's the whole story. Now the interesting thing is that's the thread of all of humanity. This year, for us, we get to participate in that thread. Our story intersects with God's story. In fact, our timeline intersects with God's timeline. And when those things happen, something fabulous and amazing kind of takes place. And so it makes sense that if we're going to really think about the story of Christmas, we don't just do what I like to do on little shows, which is just pinpoint this little bitty blip of time. we got to see the nuance of the the greater story. And so... The, what I like about this is we're going to go back and forth between the timeline and I'll use the felt boards and the lines to help us stay on task with it. But we see the beauty of what God has always orchestrated yeah. from the very beginning. The minute he tells Adam and Eve not to eat the fruit, he knew it was going to play out and how yeah. he was going to leverage that moment. He was going to bend and shape that even for Adam and Eve's good and our good and for his glory. The minute he said don't eat from the fruit, he knew that they were going to realize that they could not fix themselves. And they were going to look for a savior. And he knew they were going to look at all sorts of places for a savior, but they, he knew that eventually they'd come to the conclusion that the only savior has to be God himself. And so we're just going to see that play out each and every week. And so, and the other thing is we're just going to take what the text gives us. So this week we're going to go back to Daniel because that's what the text points us to. So when Luke is writing this stuff, he is writing to a group of people who have some intellect and education. He wants them to have certainty. And some of the ways by which he's going to have certainty is he's going to allude to the the grandeur of the whole yeah. story. Because I hope, I mean, you're, you're a nuanced, intelligent individual. You have a brain and you're capable of reasoning. 
And I hope that through this series, what you will see is just how beautiful God's orchestration of all the stories to yeah. get you to a place where you can understand that it's you and him forever. So it'll be a little different for the Christmas season. And some of that is just what's played out before us in the Gospel of Luke. I mean, this yeah. is I'm, I'm committed to working through the Gospel of Luke yeah. with us. So it's like, hey, it's Christmas. Sorry, we got to work through the Gospel of Luke. Okay, let's figure out what's going on there and work kind of backwards. Yeah. From there, so we're just still charting along in the Gospel of Luke, where he tells us that we may have certainty about the things we've been taught. And so if we're going to understand the things we've been taught, we've got to understand the whole story of God, which is, by the way, what we call history, right? Mm -hmm. His story. And so it's going to be really fun hopping back and forth and really seeing how 700 years before Jesus applies to Jesus and to 2,000 years yeah. after Jesus and 6,000 years before Jesus or whatever it is. That it all it all is one story that God gives us a timeline because we have birth and death, right? Yeah. Not because he needs a timeline. He's completely outside of it, which actually will answer a lot of our questions once we figure out that God is outside of time. He is not, yeah. he is not restricted or bounded to uh, 2020 right now. Right now in 2020, he knows exactly what the year 3000 is going to look like. And he guarantees it can be good for you if you can trust him, if you can love him. So. Yeah. I think that that's, for me, one of the challenges that I feel like I always had. And I think many people are probably like this, or maybe maybe you're not. Maybe this doesn't isn't what you struggle with. But I, I always struggle with the Bible as one collective story, right? Because the way that I was even taught in Sunday school is here's this one story, yeah. and here's this story, and here's this story. But when you do see that thread through it yeah, all, they call it an common arc, theme, right? yeah, yeah. like then you start to understand God's redemption through even the Old Testament stories and yeah. through kind of, you know, the, the story of Noah and how there's redemption that God wants to bring to all people who trust in him. Like, so there's just a lot there. So I, yeah. I thought, you know, what's interesting is I got, I got an email from a friend who's at our church who is basically saying, Hey, I'm trying to work through how to communicate these things okay. to my child because at, at school they're talking about killing and they're going, Oh, well, we shouldn't talk about that. Christian school of believe and can't do that. And he's like, well, killing's okay because David did it to Goliath. Well, make a point, right? And God orchestrated that. God actually yeah. made sure that hit David or that you know the giant right where Goliath right where it's supposed to. And it's like, yeah, if you just cherry pick that story, yeah. you're right. like, oh, what do you say about it? Or the story of the flood? Oh, right. God drowned a bunch of people. So it's actually so important that we don't just yeah zero in on these one moments and stories. We gotta go. Where does this story reveal to us about ourselves and about God? And how does it play out throughout? All of human history and the Bible. And yes, I was in my 20s. I can remember the first time I heard that message of the meta narrative, the story about yeah. the story of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Yeah. This has not come from my head. I can remember the first time I grasped it, you know, more than a decade ago. And finally, finally, I now have a framework to understand how the scriptures yeah. play out, which is just so helpful to know all the scriptures point to one story of one hero yeah. and one damsel in distress, and that's you and I. Yeah, right. I think I was in my early 20s, too, the yeah. first time that it it kind of it connected, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that makes so, so much sense. How did I not see that before? Yeah. So if you're in a place where you're going, man, it does feel like it's just a bunch of yeah. – bunch of singular stories don't worry like if you're hungry and you continue to read god's word you continue to listen to teaching you'll eventually see that picture too because i was definitely in, in my early 20s i think actually i was even in bible school when oh, it was I, like wow i i'd been a pastor plan on a church i was four or five years of being a senior pastor through and yeah. like, oh, okay well this you know, makes more sense so yeah. i guess we should go to teaching the bible you yeah. know 
exegetically, expositorily, other than just grabbing some good, neat little subjects and right. talking about them. Right. And so as you talked about the the timeline, and I'm not sure if this you want to come back to, maybe I'm yeah. I'm stealing some some you know some thoughts for later. But that timeline, one of the things that you started with is that Jesus. God wants the same thing that we do, which is presence. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that. So what you did towards the end, the culmination of, yeah. was you took what was the timeline and then you wrapped that in the present. Did you, is now when you want to yeah, talk about so that? Yeah, so I get... had this really great idea. I'm really excited because part of it is, you know, if we, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord is saved is what it says. Yeah. Whoever, if we confess our sins with our mouth, by the way, you speak it. God is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and all unrighteousness. He tells us in Romans, the wages of our sin is death. Yeah. And by death, let me just define that for you. It just means disconnected from life. Mm-hmm. By the way, the source of all life is God himself. Even if we were to go, well, the source of life is actually the sun because all energy starts with the sun. It's like, well, the one who sustains the sun is really the source of all life, right? And so the wages of sin is death, meaning that we forfeited our rights in the kingdom when we walked away from God's plan for our life, and we all have, right? The wages of sin, the, the consequence, the cause for that is death. But it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. And so we understand that there is this gift that's offered to us, but many of us are really hesitant about opening it. Yeah. And there's some good reasons for it because in some ways you were you were taught the puppies rainbows you know unicorns approach you pray the prayer everything goes away your wife you know your wife loves you again you get out of debt everything's just yeah. you know beautiful right puppies rainbows and but that is not at all actually how, how it actually plays out in fact all the first followers of Jesus they go hey I'll follow you <laughs> they all die for it yeah our our tortured I John the beloved maybe not dies for it but tortured. Yeah, worse than death, in my opinion. And so the story of the first followers is, man, it it ends badly for them, and yet ends really, really good. And so there's this this idea that we don't necessarily want to receive the gift, open the gift, because one, it might change our lifestyle. We don't want to do that yet. Two, we're not certain we want the life that Jesus offers us, right? Yeah. Especially if we can read it in, in throughout story, throughout history. And so what I would just argue is. It's hard to understand what the gift is in like the here and now and how it applies to every part of your life. But there is a promise from God that the gift he gives you is good and that the gift is actually himself. And he can do immeasurably more than we can ever hope or imagine. That's what Paul tells us. So the gift is better than your wildest dreams. Maybe worse than a couple of your worst nightmares, but a thousand times better than your wildest dreams. But we're going, ah, can we do it? Should we do it? Right? And so it tells us in some scripture, it's impossible to please God without faith. And then it tells us uh, faith comes from hearing and the hearing comes from the word of God. So, okay, what is it that we got to understand to operate in the faith that we receive the gift? Yeah. And what I would argue wholeheartedly, and that was kind of the big idea of the last part of it is, I can't promise you exactly how receiving Jesus and following Jesus will play out in your life or your family. But I can promise you it's better than you could ever hope or imagine. And there's some promises that uh, he'll never leave us, never forsake us, that he will be with us. And the reason we know all these things is because that gift, maybe we can't see it all yet, but that gift, and this is why I would attach it to hope, that gift is wrapped with Jesus' story and Jesus' promises that he has always fulfilled. And so when we look at the, we have to look at the holistic timeline of what God was doing. And at all times, at all times, he was working everything in the history of the world to get you you to a place 
that you can know him, trust him, and experience him and serve him forever. So, hey, if you could see the whole story and how it was being orchestrated, you could see that God has always fulfilled his promises, then perhaps you can look at all of the timeline and go, okay, okay, I can trust that this God is worth following and serving and, Mm. you know, uh, worshiping and being present with. So I think that's kind of the big thing is that the package, the reason we know the package is good is because we have human history to see how it's played out. And where the enemy and secularists, would do is they would cherry pick a couple of the stories and go, no, no, see, that's why you can't trust the package. It's like, no, no, look at the whole package yeah. and look what God is doing at all times, moving everything so that he and you could be together forever. Yeah. And I know that on Sunday, if you watched the, the video or if you were there, it didn't quite go the way that you intended, but I think your point definitely got across. Yeah, like so- I thought that was beautiful. What I don't like, of, thanks for laughing, appreciate it. I mean, it's like I got stuck. It's like the CD just got stuck. You, same thing, over and over again. You had said words. the same phrase a like, couple this times. Gonna yeah. This is going to be it. Oh, okay, I'm going to sit down. <laughs> Defeated Jesus, you know what you're up to and all that stuff. And so, yeah, one of my big complaints about the church is these promises without counting the cost, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, there are these fake bows. Yeah. That people get. In fact, you can even look at Western Christianity. Now, if you're from Africa and you go, I guess I should be a Christian because if I'm a Christian, then I get a new Mercedes. Yeah, right. right. Like this idea that there's some prosperity to it. And there is. You will prosper. Jesus says that he came to give you life and life to the fullest. That's what he guarantees for you. That is a guarantee. But when we start presenting it with this is what you get in return, like this is why it was so important to see that the leper worship Jesus before he got healing yeah, like that yeah. was the response of he got jesus then he got healing but he got yeah. jesus right and so it's very rare that i feel comfortable enough putting a bow actually on a sermon because it's like i don't want to mislead you in yeah. any of this stuff but it was important to go as i started the series i want you to see that there is a perfect bow wrapped on the yeah. story of god like it all wraps up there is a perfect perfect bow that goes yep it all it all is reconciled in and yeah. through Jesus, all six six books are reconciled in and through Jesus. So when you get to the end of the page, it's at the very end, you can place a bow on it for now and for all eternity. So that's what yeah. I was trying to communicate. The bow was just thicker. So what had happened, I'll give you kind of the background. I, I looked for a box. I wanted to be a big box. And, okay. And I didn't know exactly what size it should be or how to make it happen. And I knew, oh, goodness, it's going to be hard for me to wrap it and do those things. Yeah. So I needed a tall box. And so literally I'm driving. And also going, there is a challenge of communicating while you're like actively working. Maybe not for you, but sometimes I find that I'm thinking, I'm communicating and trying to do something. It can just be difficult to do any one of those three very effectively. Yeah. And, yeah, and you, know, you only got two hands. Yeah. And so, so. I, I went to all sorts of places. Literally, I'm praying and going, God, can you help me find a big box? Literally, I'm asking that. And I go behind Walmart. I pull behind there and look and see if there's any boxes. Go back behind Tractor Supply. Go to the liquor store. Ask them if they have any big boxes. Looking for some big boxes. And they're like, yeah, we got one. But it wasn't too big. It's not like this big. I'm like, I want something bigger. And I was pulling into my uh, my neighborhood. And my next door neighbor is doing some renovations. And they had gotten a new window. Oh, okay. And that box was there. But okay. the problem was the box had been in the trash for a while. And it had been rained on. Mm. So it was kind of soft and mushy. And Julie did a great job wrapping it. And kind of we got it to a place where it felt pretty good. But what I didn't kind of register is that mushy cardboard couldn't use a push pin oh. very well. So the push pin, <laughs> I'm going, oh. So anyway, so that's, that's the backstory. Okay, well, not that it matters. Thanks for, for the backstory. But yeah. It did. I think that the point, I, I don't think anybody that was listening didn't get the point of going, man, we take the time. Well, they all this laughed at Jesus me. Was 
This is what Jesus has been up to, yeah. and it's it now presents itself yeah. to us as yeah. as God. By his stripes, we yeah. are healed. Abraham, so I thought that Moses, was, that was Isaiah, good. one act yeah. gets everybody back in alignment and connection and relationship with God. Yeah, I do want to switch kind of over to the text. So we were looking, um, we're still kind of working through the Gospel of Luke, which is, yeah. and <laughs> doing this Christmas series. Yeah. We read three verses. And so I do want to get oh, to the text, but I also want to dive a little bit deeper into leprosy. Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. and you showed a few pictures in that, but I also did want to give you a shout out. I loved your joke. It was just kind of off the cuff. I don't even think you planned on it, but you you talked about the triune stockings. That was just something funny that I no, they're really think. there. I, well, if you they, look at them, they're, they're actually embroidered with those. Are they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they went not asked, just So I couldn't do God the, the Father. There's so there's just a God, a Jesus, and a Holy Spirit. Okay, they have the letters on them. No, no, I, I, they the triune stockings. Yeah, I just thought was the greatest thought yeah, ever. Yeah. So, so I thought that, that was fun. You can check them out this week. Um. So yeah, let's kind of go into okay. the text. So Luke chapter five, starting in verse twelve, it says this. It says while he was in one of the cities. There came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you can make me clean. Um, and then Jesus kind of responds. So just looking at verse 12, like you talked about leprosy and you went into it. But I wonder if there's a little bit deeper dive. Like you said that leprosy was a death sentence. It, modern medicine now has kind of created cures, but people in other parts of the world may not have access to the, those cures. So leprosy is still a thing. And leprosy in a biblical sense wasn't just one particular thing. You can see in the footnote, it means all skin disorders. And some of this was, if you got a skin disorder, we don't want you around us. Yeah. Right? And so it's more of a, a very quick response to whatever they see. So let's say yeah. it's psoriasis, whatever it is, right? And that day, there could have been a very, you know, real thing that that would be considered, you know, um, would have been considered leprosy and they're just outcasts. So okay. the death sentence really plays out in the deepest way in terms of being connect, disconnected from life, mm. right? So, I mean, these folks were, I mean, this is like, you know, solitary confinement. Yeah. For like, no, you're out in the woods, but like solitary confinement, but it's different than solitary confinement for the prisoner because at least someone's coming to interact, bringing you food yeah. every single day. Like, that's just, this, these folks did not see People, even yeah. if there was food left for them, it'd be left in a spot that they'd come and get later. Now they had figured out in some ways like leper colonies. And yeah, I, I was going to say know that enough information to really okay. dive into that piece because the deepness of. Or this, is it more like just these people that were outcasts just said, "Hey, if we're kind of left alone, like why don't we just hang out together?" Like I don't know. I, I think it could be that. So you, there's some arguments even that John the Baptist, when he's out in the wilderness, uh, could have been speaking to people like lepers, kind of. Okay. Down, but. But there have been others as well. So people who are in debt like and stuff, kicked out of kind of society. And I mean, there weren't like massive jail systems, right? Yeah, right. right. Uh, the Romans were even hesitant to put people in jail because they didn't provide for their livelihood in jail. So that okay. if you went to jail, you also needed family members to provide your food okay. in jail, right? And so you got all those things going on. But kind of the big, like, gist of it is that these are folks, the minute they found this out, that their life was never going to be connected to other people's lives. So there's that devastating part. And then there's the the reality of what, uh, you know, leprosy does. It destroys your nerves. It destroys blood flow. Destroys all sorts of stuff. And so, I mean, if you imagine even what, um, uh, when, like, when what is it when you get cold? What is it that happens to your hand? Um, it's frostbite. Frostbite, like, yes. Yeah. So you even imagine those things when yeah. something does that, what it does to your hand. Well, yeah. this this leprosy would do the same thing where it would it would completely cut off blood flow. 
And so one of two things would happen. Either you wouldn't feel things and you would be doing massive damage to your body to the point where they just remove it. Like, you know, you had you got a boxer. I don't know if your boxer has yeah. a, set, a tail. When we had a boxer, mm -hmm. it didn't. And the reason being is because boxers are nuts and yeah. they flap that thing around and they will break their tail and yeah. do damage to themselves and, yeah. you know, to your stuff. And more, it's been more about that. For them. That, yeah, for them. And so, like, yeah. So what happens is, is these folks are doing tons of damage. Things are being cut off. Things are falling off. And there's kind of this frostbite type of experience with, with their mm. thing. So you can even see it like like in their nose. One of the pictures, like the, what yeah. happened to the tip of the nose because there's just no blood, blood flow. It was, I mean, even when you, uh, when, a, when a baby is born, you got the umbilical cord. It cuts off and they tie it and then they clip it. So what eventually happens is everything beyond that. The, the tying yeah. there's nothing that there's no life going to right, it. Right. so because there's no life going to it eventually it just falls off right so you just imagine these people are walking around and there's no life in their hand and eventually it just it rots to the point that your bone and everything is gone this isn't like they went in for surgery and those things happen right, so it's right. just a devastating and debilitating disease and people were scared to death of it yeah scared to death because it is a death sentence it's, a, it's the one thing you can guarantee you and never get to touch your kids again or even see them, right? This isn't, and that's what I kept saying, this isn't 2020. There was no right. FaceTime. This is, right. there were no phones. You couldn't even write stuff because no one could receive the letters because they were right. tainted. And so you have this devastating thing where these folks are, they are less than human, but they're not like less than human like a shepherd. Mm -hmm. They're less than human and they are, they're outcasts. They don't have any community and they are in immeasurable pain. So this isn't just, you got the societal issues that made people outcast. That's really, really sad. But this one is a physical, debilitating pain. And yeah. I mean, I, don't, I haven't had much experience in that. But like, even when I had drop foot and palsy, like, there were just times, no time or anything could fix that. And it just radiate down my leg. And it was just painful. Well, this was how their life was always in every part of their body. So this is. I mean, it is, it's all the gloom you can imagine from not having any community to yeah. being in deep pain to not be able to provide for yourself. I mean, it is, and being made fun of, and I mean, whatever it is. And so yeah. the reason for that, since that's what happens, people clearly shied away from it. And so if this person were to need to get something wherever they go, even if they're just out in the woods, right, and somebody else is going for a hike, if they see them, their responsibility is they have to scream, yeah, that's what I, was I am unclean. Yeah. And when people would hear that, it'd be like seeing a grizzly bear mm -hmm. out in the in Mon you know, in the wilderness. They would take off. And so yeah. that is that's where we see this gentleman in that yeah. kind of pain and that kind of situation. And that and that also includes like we took you talked on the social aspect, but I mean, they were forbidden from anywhere public, right? Like the synagogue, like closed off, like not allowed to worship. Oh, so definitely, yes. So if they're a Jew, then in a sense, their their connection with the Lord, like their connection would be able to do sacrifices, like they're cut off. Yeah, so, I mean, when you see a Jewish person in the first century, they were dependent on their priest right. to interact with God. Right. It's just kind of how it was seen. And so... Why even the thing about Yom Kippur, we see all those kind of things that we probably get to quickly in just a second. But um, so as we, we get there, what, what we see for the, these folks is, yeah, they can't go to the synagogue. They yeah. can't worship. They can't make sacrifices. So not only have they been completely cut off from humanity, they've also been cut off from yeah. the divinity. Now, right. obviously God was still available to them. Right. But their understanding, what they would have been taught is that God was unavailable yeah. to them. Like God is, you know, he's. 
He's not doing office hours. And but. there's this weird connection belief that if you got it, it was because of your sin. Yeah, like so that's you had it. done something wrong to upset Jesus. Like yeah, so there. Well, and some of that goes back to a an Israeli king that yeah. God literally does punish for his yeah. pride with leprosy. So it's that does happen, right? And I mean, I don't, we don't even know that happens for Naaman when we see Naaman, right. uh, you know, in, uh, interaction with Elisha, but. What we do know is that he the leprosy was was considered an unclean thing and punishment for God. Even I mean all all the different pain and ailments. Like there are times when you find a blind or a lame person, someone asks, "Well, what did he do, or what did his yeah, parents right, do?" Right. So there is this kind of belief that he is he deserves this. So you got right. all the pain and all the sorrow, and yet you have other people communicating that you deserve this. And the reality is, he probably thought he did because mm-hmm. if he's like you and I. And not have people to kind of share community with. He yeah. knows he's messed up. Yeah. He knows he has thoughts that aren't good. He knows that he has, you know, malice in his heart. He doesn't know other people do because he hasn't heard their confessions. Right. So in his mind, he probably does believe that this is a result of his sin and yeah. his behavior. So you get all the shame and guilt and conviction. You get everything that should lead to like a deep, dark depression. Yeah. So that's where we find him. Yeah. So I think that background helps us understand, like it paints a, a, a clearer picture for us in this man's faith and in his desire to come to God. So again, 12, there came a man full of leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him and he said, Lord. So he addresses him as Lord, like you're in control. Yeah. You're the boss. He says, if you will, you can make me clean. And it's not a question there. It says, yeah. you can make me clean. Yeah. So he knows his power. And this yeah. was really neat because... Um, what we've seen so far is Jesus is casting out demons yeah. and giving people freedom. Now, people believe you got demons in many ways from the doors you opened up and invited them in. And so this guy is starting to hear these things and consider if he's willing to do that for the demon-possessed, the murderer, yeah. the molester, <laughs> then perhaps he could do this for me as well. Yeah. And so he's seen and heard about the evidence of those things. So he knows it is now possible. There is real evidence for that, right? On Jesus' timeline, he's already proven what he's capable of and yeah. so now he understands that that's the case the big gap for him is he knows he's capable he's just not sure that jesus is interested in doing that yeah. for him right <laughs> there's still so much shame and sorrow in his own life that's keeping us so those are the two gaps for us one is yeah. we're not sure god's capable right yeah. and so we got to come to some conclusions about whether or not jesus is capable of of forgiving us of our sins. We'll get back to you this week. Yeah. yeah. So is he capable? But the bigger hurdle, I think, for us is whether or not he is willing. Mm. And so this guy comes to the conclusion that he is capable, but he is still suspicious and that he's worthy of worship. He's on his feet. He is, has exhausted all their options, but he is he understands he's capable. The big question at this very moment is, are you willing to, to love me, meet my needs, care for me, save me, heal me? So. Yeah. And then verse 13 continues, it says, so again, he says, if, uh, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Uh, I think that that's just a beautiful picture. Even just in this, in this moment, that is probably the first time that that man has been touched in years, like for however long he's had the leprosy. Like, and I feel like Yes, there was a need for healing there, but I also feel like there was a need for connection that Jesus Jesus taps into that I think is so beautiful that you were pointing out on Sunday. Yeah, so, I mean, I think 
obviously, I mean, Jesus has said to people before, hey, would you heal my son? He's like, done. Yeah, right. Say. Check. So we know that it doesn't require touching, right? So there doesn't have to be those things. And so he goes, okay, if Jesus could have done this without reaching out to him. Right. And so chooses it, you have to go, well, why does he do that? And I think there's multiple reasons. One is it would have been astonishing yeah. to the people watching that he was doing that. Like, how dare all of a sudden what happens is because Jesus touches the unclean person by proxy. You now, Jesus, it's considered unclean. Right. So there now, like Jesus is showing them like that, the, the level of in depth he's willing to go to for his people. Right. right? So right. He's going there in that level. But I do think probably the greatest, and this is my opinion, I mean, the scriptures don't highlight this, but this is more about the physiological need that this guy had. Right, right. And I can still get choked up thinking about, man, the amount of sorrow in that, and thinking about orphanages mm -hmm. where this doesn't happen. And like, there is a physiological need that we have. And so Jesus is going to meet his physical needs, yeah. his spiritual needs, and his emotional needs all in this moment. And it actually goes, he touched him like that. Yeah. Like that is the level of care, and uh, you know that, and I think that would imply also. So this is that he's also willing to be this close. So this is mm. the God with us, mm. where it begins. God is literally, yeah. physically with him, and so I think there's just a lot to consider there in terms of the needs that God is meet or Jesus is meeting for this leper in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Not to mention, he just got clean. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> so, he he took away the the problem, like the root. The symptoms, yeah. like he took away the things that weren't understood at that time. He took away it all and he's healed. He's whole. Yes, yeah, so I was thinking about that and kind of made a note. And kind of in my research when I'm doing the sermon, I was like, oh gosh, you got to stay on, stay on task, yeah. Josh. But like, I, I do want to go back at some point and just study all the times the word immediately shows up in the mm. scriptures because mm. there's just this over and over again. You see immediately, like immediately. And I was like, why, does, yeah. why is that? in there in that yeah. way so i just think that's pretty neat to go like immediately like yeah in an instant everything changed for this person and we don't see that or get that yeah but that's still how god works in an instant your son yeah. or daughter can go i believe jesus is lord and in an instant everything about their timeline moving forward yeah. all opens up and points directly to the God of the universe. So those miracles happen each and every day, even in our church, each and every week, because it's in an instant when people finally turn their eyes and gaze on Jesus. He is doing supernatural healing. That's far beyond whether or not their their bones get healed, right? So that's always happening. It's just hard for us to see it in that. So we see the physical manifestation of what the spiritual one is, which is the more important one as we think through this. We'll see it again this week. But. Yeah. So uh, even continuing on with that. So verse 14, um, and immediately the leprosy left him. Verse 14, and he charged him. And I've got two questions in this. Like, yep. why why does he say not to tell anyone? And then I I feel like what's probably a longer question of going, what was the process like for somebody to be clean? Like, and why the priest? Why not like a doctor? Like, so, so questions, which you kind of talked to a little bit on Sunday, but he charged him, tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering. Um, uh, make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded as a proof for them. So first question is, is why tell no one? Like, it, I feel like I've seen this, this part of it before of going, tell no one, but why would Jesus say that? Yes, yeah, so I joked about it on Sunday. And, but, I mean, and so this isn't the reason, but it is interesting that he says, don't tell no one or tell no one. He, yeah. He goes and tells everyone, right? Yeah, right. Now our charge is go tell everyone. And we tell no one. We tell no one. Like, no. really? So, 
Yeah, that piece. Um, some of it is you're going to, right past this, and you're, you're going to see, and I would have gotten to it in verses uh, uh, 15 and 16, but just didn't have time, so we'll start this week with it. That a lot of more people are going to line up, and he's not going to meet all their needs. It actually says he's going to withdraw into the wilderness, and some of this could be about margin. Okay. Okay, this isn't the time to do those things because what we're going to see next week in the very beginning is we're going to see Jesus' humanity. He's going to call himself Son of Man. So important. Please, please, please come, come hang out. That's so, such a neat passage. But we're going to see his humanity. And in his humanity, one of the things that God decides to do is limit himself from having mm. the same kind of divinity he has in heaven. Like he governs himself, mm. which means you'll see him show up at a well and he'll be thirsty. Yeah. Uh, you know, like he'll be sleeping, you know, on a boat. So we yeah. see his humanity. So we understand that there is there's limitations he puts on himself to show and connect with us and understand what life is like for us, right? So if you see all those things. So if there's limitations there on his humanity, then there has to be boundaries. Yeah. So th- some of this could be good stewardship of time and energy and plans okay. of going, this okay. is where I'm going to finish today. So if you go and talk about it now, there's going to be long lines. People are going to be coming from faraway cities, and I am not going to meet their needs today. So. Mm-hmm. That could be, uh, in some ways, I think, yeah, that's probably yeah. you know important there. No, I think the, the most significant part of this isn't about stewardship of time or resources. I think the most significant part is actually what he says next, because he says, don't tell anyone, but. okay. So you see that but, which is a connecting statement that's opposite of what's just happened. Don't tell anyone, but. No, he's got a command. You go, show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So... What I would point out is when you see something that seems a little like weird, like, oh, why did he tell him not to? Then pay yeah. attention to what he actually told him to do. So he, okay. there's a not to do, and therefore there is a, and there's a to do. So and this should help us when we see the not to do go, okay, what is it that he actually wanted him to do then? Not spend his time or energy going to talk to people. So what did he want him to do? And that's where I go. This is the part we always miss. Like this, this is the part of him telling him, go tell the priest or show the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses you know, long, long, long before, 1,500 years before, uh, you know, set kind of um, set up for cleansing. And so I would say the fact that he tells him not to do it should help us highlight the fact that he's told him to do something. And what he's told him to do is go practice some, uh, you know, Judaic laws. Hmm. So we know why in the world does he want us to see these laws? The laws yeah. don't save people. But there's going to now be an event that takes place in this guy's life that's going to prime the pump. Yeah. For priests to see that what God did, for mm. his friends and family to see it. So all of a sudden, there's about to be this big event that's all going to kind of take place where they're going to see the picture of what it's like to be, you know, be cleansed of your old life yeah. and brought into your new one. So I think it's more that let's talk about stewardship of resources and time, but this also point to what's really going to be highlighted and what he's now highlighting is the, you know, the Jewish process for cleansing after a miracle's happened. Mm. So God's going to now take all of Jewish history. Yeah. And he's going to package it all up in this one man so we can see what it's like when Jesus touches us. Yeah. So that's where it is, which it, is so neat, right? Then it's so easy just to miss all that in the scriptures if we don't go through with it, this process. I'm sorry we're going so slow yeah. through these, but you, there's so much yeah. nuance in this that's happening in this one verse that is now going to package, wrap a bow around yeah. 
2,000 years of history. And I, I think that's more. definitely something that's missed because I'm just now even thinking as you're talking through that, I'm going, Jesus just broke the law by touching an unclean. Yeah. Now he would technically have to go and do ceremonial cleaning to yep, be cleansed right. and to be whole. So he just disregarded the law. Yet at the same time, he goes, hey, go follow the yeah. law. So it's just, it's such a nuance and like it almost doesn't even make sense. Until we understand Unless that Jesus was the fulfillment. He's trying to get our yes. attention on yeah. something. And so what's he trying to get our attention on? Well, yeah. it's the story of what what uh, the, the miracles of the leper. And yeah. all the Jews would have been aware of it and been kind of suspicious because they're like, we don't see these kind of miracles. Yeah, so, right. I mean, I don't know. That, you know, like, I wonder how often this happens. Is it once <laughs> a decade? I mean, whatever right, it is. And right. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like the yeah, priest yeah. has never seen somebody yeah. actually cleanse. Like, yeah. uh, okay, yeah, I know so, what yeah, you're supposed some, to do. In some Levitical laws, once, like, don't boil a baby goat in its mother's milk. And they're like, does that happen? How often does that yeah, happen? Yeah, right. Like, like, oh, they ran out of water, ran out of, oh, I guess we'll use the mama's milk. And it's like, <laughs> just the randomness of some of these laws, because they're like, they're very yeah. obscure and not very often yeah. used or needed. I mean, people always make jokes about these random laws that are out there, these random rules in football. You're like, yeah. why is that rule still even there? Except for the one time in a, you know, a decade that it happens. Right. And so here we go. There's this moment. And there's going to be this big party for this guy in this room. And so can, maybe we can talk a little bit about the process. So so he would go to a priest, like, and the priest examines him. Like, it seems like that should be left to a medical professional. But, uh, okay, like, goes to a priest. Yeah, so the reason, would restore yeah, him. maybe medical professional. Uh, in many ways, priests were probably the most educated amongst the okay. mix. And probably the most familiar with leprosy because no one else gets near it, right? Yeah. So you get those things. I mean, medical doctor obviously can do those things but because they saw leprosy as a spiritual issue not just a physical yeah, one right. the, okay. the, the, the lack of cleanliness had to do with the person's heart which is true in some ways we all got dirty hearts mm. uh, but so it would have made sense that they saw this as a spiritual issue and an affliction from God himself on the, or an affliction from God himself uh, on his on this person then it makes sense the way by which that would be figured out is through the one who intercedes with God by the way uh, in the Old Testament, uh, priests are really important. Like they, this isn't like you see priests in the New Testament. Like they're missing, they miss Jesus. Mm. The, the majority of these priests weren't missing Jesus yeah. in the Old Testament. They fully understood that they were living in the life of promise, waiting for the fulfillment. Right. So these guys would have really celebrated this supernatural healing mm. and the new birth that happened because they did see it as a foreshadowing for the promises to come. Mm. They fully understand how the Messiah would fix all that. Probably not. And yet they did see that and have an inclination. And I mean, they had revelation from God. So they were, God was still speaking and interacting and he was leveraging prophets. So when you look at these Old Testament priests, it's really to go, they're all buffoons. They don't know. They're not as right. educated. They're not as godly. But they, these are people who love God and wanted to figure out a way to serve him. So this this guy, leper, would set up an appointment and they'd go to some third party place, right? Or third, third space, third place where they would have this... You know, checkup. Yeah. And then after it was determined that they're clean, then they would kind of set that first step would be to get the birds. Yeah. Sacrifice one, show blood was shed for the covering of this man's dirtiness. And then uh, shown that uh, all the sin would be injected into the bird. I mean, metaphorically and sent yeah. away to go your sins are as far as the east is from the west. And then they would implement the, the plan for the party. So yeah. there'd be a big party. Or or it could be goats, and that's where you said we no, get the no, word scapegoat. Yeah, I'll get – uh, okay. well, no, no, that means different. So I'll get to that in okay. a second. Okay. So the, the ritual for cleansing for the leper, and 
Leviticus okay. chapter 13 and 14 is specifically birds. Okay. Now, uh, what this is similar to is Luke chapter, I mean, Leviticus chapter 16 and maybe uh, 23. Okay. You'll see what's called Yom, Yom Kippur, yeah, which right. is the day of atonement, right. which is the same thing. It, it kind of okay. looks at everybody is dirty. So when they saw everybody is dirty who needs spiritual cleansing, that's where they use the goat, slaughter one goat to cover the sins of all the people, right? Yeah. Um, as a declaration that God is forgiving and that there is a sacrifice that had to be made for us to be forgiven, all foreshadowing to Jesus. And then the other goat, the scapegoat, would okay. be the one that was sent away. So this is similar to that, but this is very okay. specific to just the leper, and in where individual. Luke 16 okay. and 23 is specific to the nation of Israel. Or, okay. you know. So anyway, so you see that one. So it's like, oh, there's some other ways this happened. So I wanted to point out what was happening with birds because they don't tell us what's happening in the birds, yeah. but they do tell us what's happening with the goats. So we can kind of deduce yeah. the same okay. kind of thing that for this one person, one person, one bird slaughtered, one sent away. And then after that, there'd also have been um, this this literal cleansing, a bath and shaving. Like they, they take a bath and they'd shave everything, even their eyebrows. Wow. So they would have no hair on their body. And it was a symbolized kind of this fresh brand mm. new start where all the growth mm. after that was growth in the new life mm. so okay. that would happen they would shave them cleanse them bathe them and then there'd be the party yeah during the middle of the party is where they would slaughter the lambs i, I want to say it's three lambs but okay. no i don't understand that maybe it's i have no idea but or at least one lamb and that's where the really neat thing where they make the sacrifice they'd slaughter the lamb and they bring everybody around and they'd watch it they take the blood put it over his ear first, right? Okay. Showing you are a brand new creation. Your life has just started with God's spiritual direction and guidance and covering. So hear from him, right? And then they would they would put it over his hand. In other words, go serve, serve him, serve him, be his works, and then put it on his feet going, hey, there is a mission to go wherever he calls you. So that would happen. The party would take a week. People would celebrate it. Then after the party, they'd clean him one more time. Another bath, more shaving, and kind of a perfect reset to invite him into the life of the local community and into mission for, you know, uh, for Yahweh himself. Yeah. I'm just kind of looking at the time, looking at my yeah. notes. So forgive me for maybe taking a little longer in the beginning. But you covered kind of Isaiah 53, talking about by the stripes, by his stripes, specifically Jesus. And Isaiah does something interesting where he talks about past present and future. And I've done so much work trying to figure that out and I can't find anything. I mean, I've always yeah. been intrigued by this. And so you'll hear me, you'll hear me bring this up about once a year, twice a year. So I'm just mesmerized yeah. by the language and I can't, there doesn't seem to be any clear indication that I can find anywhere. If you can find us somewhere, please tell yeah. me why there is different language and different tenses. Yeah. They're there. The Hebrew has these tenses. So this isn't just for us and the translator translated appropriately because they wouldn't have yeah. Uh, like, cause they would say by his stripes, we will be healed or something yeah. like that. But so it is so crazy. And that's where I started really investigating that this passage mm. decade ago, really investigating kind of the idea of the timeline going, yeah. Oh my goodness, this is God outside the timeline, leveraging yeah. a guy to try to communicate to people inside the timeline, but also knowing that it's going to get to other people later with the timeline. And then it's going to eventually land to us, but it also applies to those who right. were thousands of years before. And it's going, oh my goodness, no wonder the language is so confusing in terms of the tenses. And that's where I just yeah. end up with this timeline. So this is, by his stripes, we are healed. That's where I want to go. Here's Jesus. He heals Adam. Here's yeah. Jesus. He heals Moses. Here's Jesus. He heals Noah. He'll, you know, like just this thing, because this one moment yeah. that's going to happen in the future for Isaiah and fast for us actually is the one thing that invites all of us out of our timeline and into his yeah. 
timeline. That's what the real gift is, is you don't have to live in this timeline. You don't yeah. have to see it as birth and death. You can see all of this through what I'm going to do in you, which solves some of the problems with pain and sorrow and pain and suffering because mm. he is inviting us outside of our timeline mm. by healing us. So he's so basically, if you can imagine, it's like a, a doorway. It's like a one end in this weird sense. There's our whole world, and there's no access to the other one, which is God's whole world in this timeline. And it's literally like this one moment of death like, yeah. and showing resurrection. He's showing, this is what's happened. You are covered, and let me show you how you get out of this timeline in some you know matrix sense into the other one. And the way that it happens is through Jesus' death and his resurrection and the healing and the power he gives us in yeah. it. So that was real. So Isaiah, I think, has just a real good understanding of what's playing out. Yeah, right. But it is really hard for us to have it. And I hope you're getting this because it took me a long It's still beyond my comprehension, but at least I get it. God is eternal. We are mortal and the way by which we get into eternity it has to be an act and work of god and now once we come to that conclusion then what needs to happen well isaiah tells us what happens so that's where we get to this how do we get back into his timeline yeah so uh and kind of you said towards the end you're you want to convince us that there is a present that jesus has for us and it's good you didn't again want to go into the specifics of going okay this is what he asked for you other than you know the promises that he's made in his word but I guess as I'm kind of looking at the time, looking at kind of the rest of my notes, I'm I'm just kind of jumbling it all up and, and kind of going, hey, what what other things did you want to talk about? Was there anything that we didn't get to that you want to spend the next few moments um, talking about or anything, as we usually say, you know, left on the cutting room floor? Just in the last few minutes, just kind of leave it up to you. Yeah, so I think what I like about this this series in the Gospel of Luke is I just love a good thesis. You know, I just love a like, I love when you can read a document and get into the first paragraph what it's going to be about. Yeah. And you can determine whether or not you want to read the rest of it, right? Just <laughs> a, a good thesis is just really, really helpful. And I, uh, my thesis, like when you were even in school growing up, you learned how to do a five-paragraph essay and, you know, three paragraphs about whatever the presentations are. But there's a kind of a thesis statement at the end. And so a thesis, I think, is just really, really helpful in terms of a statement. I'm not talking about like a master's thesis, which is, you know, a lot more comprehensive. So the fact that Luke tells us how all this plays out and then gives us the thesis of, uh, you know, I write these things so you can have certainty of the yeah. things you've been taught. That still is where we are yeah. trying to figure out, do we have certainty mm -hmm. of this? Do, we have, do you have certainty? Not that you have it all figured out, understand, but do you have certainty that there is a God who actually exists? Yeah. And I think most of us do. We have certainty that there is a, an intelligent designer right and so once you get to that point do you have certainty that he created you for a purpose hmm. well would he create you without one yeah. you know like if this is this designer <laughs> so intelligent that he's created all the other stuff and everything's been in line and yeah so why in the world would this yeah. be haphazard and so you go okay <laughs> yes i have certainty that he created this it sure seems like if he's going to create us this intelligent designer that he creates us for a purpose yeah and then the question is, well, what is that purpose? Yeah. What is that purpose? And I am convinced that that purpose, and his scripture tells us, has something to do with him and you being together, yeah. right? And so we can come to the conclusions of how we didn't get there, and it's all up to you and I on that. Like, we've made our own decisions. The reasons that you don't have good relationship with your kids are sometimes because you made that decision or your kids did. It's all about a decision to go a different way and a different plan. So the that's the case. If he created us for certainty, uh, like, you know, we can have certainty that he created us. We can have certainty that he created us for a purpose. And 
got some certainty that that purpose has to do with us and him being together, then the next possible and plausible question is, well, why don't I feel that? Like, don't mm. you want that? Don't you want to be connected to the creator of the universe? And if you can get there and I can get there, then now all of a sudden we've joined hands with trillions of people mm. in the history of the world, right? Definitely billions of people, probably billions of people to the history of the world who all would like to know the creator of the universe more. Mm. Now, if you can get there, then the big question is, can you do anything on your own to make that happen? Like, can you afford it? Can you do all the right stuff? And that that big obstacle for us, and the older you get, the easier this obstacle becomes because we have so much self-awareness is that we can't do it on our own. So we were created for purpose, created to be with God and invited into that. And you go, okay, well, how do we get there? Well, obviously I can't do it. And the big question is, well, if it's him and us, how long does you think he wants you to be with him? Like, did he establish, I only want you for 30 years, 3,000 years? Like, all of a sudden, we now understand that he created us, you and him, for us and him for a reason, and that reason is eternal, and we know we can't get there. Then we got to literally look at this and go, here's our timeline, this is what we got, but God seems to exist outside of that. And so the big question then on what do we need to have certainty on the things we've been taught is how do we get out of this timeline and then into his? And I would just tell you that this week and over the next five weeks, over and over again, you're going to see what that entrance, that on-ramp is to being invited into and getting into that timeline. And the reality is this is the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And this is what we're going to have to wrestle with this Christmas because this is what you got to deal with in terms of actual gifts. There is a gift that has been given to you. There's a gift that's been offered to you, and it's access and entrance to the God of the universe from now and all eternity access and entrance to the purpose and plan that he has for you and I. And the only way to get it is there is a key that was given to us through Jesus's blood. But the mm. big hangup is whether or not we decide to open it. Mm. So we got to figure that out. We got to understand because if we figure that out, if we can grasp with the fact that this is a good gift and we're going to open it, then all of a sudden it changes everything about how we see people and how we interact and, and go and offer the same gift to others. And so I just would implore you over the next couple of days, ask yourself, consider whether or not you can have certainty of the things you've been taught that God has offered you a gift. If you can have certainty of that, then the only response that you have to do is receive the gift. If you can have certainty that it's a gift that's been offered to you, the only thing you've got to do, the only step for you is actually go, God, I'm going to open it. I'm going to receive it. And right, the thing about it being a gift is you can't pay for it. You can't throw money at it. You can't subsidize it. It is all gift. And if you can get there, then it's going to change how we look at the next five weeks and it's going to change your Christmas season and it'll probably change the trajectory of your life and all of your families as well. So would you consider that it's all gift, all yeah. from God and Jesus proves it by doing the right thing every single time and keeping all of his promises. So if you can get there, this week will be definitely worth your time to yeah. see what's next once you open the gift. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Hopefully you were challenged uh, and encouraged to go deeper in your faith. Um, as always, if you have questions, uh, whether regarding this podcast or message or, you know, an upcoming one, please let us know. You can email us overtime at clcfamily.church, or you can interact with us live by watching live and clicking the, the link on our website. Um, or you can even text us 610-869-2140. Text your questions to that. We'd love to have you be a part of the, the discussion and the dialogue and love to be able to answer any questions that, that we get. So thank you so much for joining us. We hope you have a blessed and happy Thanksgiving. And we hope to see you next week. Wow, that was almost as long as this week's sermon. <laughs>